0: If you paid somebody to take chicken soup round to your dad, for example, if he was ill, would that be as meaningful to him as if you took it round?
1: We've finally got to, to, <laughs> to the bottom of it all. You can't pay
0: for love. It really is really difficult to value.
1: Hello, my name is Kirsty Styles and welcome to the Weekly Economics Podcast where this week I'm joined by Polly Trenow from the Women's Budget Group here to chat about unpaid work hidden from last week's GDP figures. Money doesn't quite make the world go round, but it's probably what preoccupies politicians more than anything else. But should it? The
0: GDP is the big daddy. It's the measure of all our economic activity. Just as the GDP figures, actually, they don't give a full story of our economy's growth. So why are mothers getting such a raw deal? I think they're being subjected to a motherhood penalty. Say, take on a bigger responsibility for unpaid caring. So 50,000 cancer carers in the UK who are effectively doing two full-time jobs. <laughs> Their options in the labour market are dramatically reduced. With a woman now running the country and many more of the businesses inside it, perhaps the next generation
1: of girls will be taken for a ride. So hello Polly and welcome back to the podcast. Hurrah! And also uh, cheers for filling in for me a while back. Uh, feminists feminist it helping each other out. Yeah, that as, was good as fun. As the usual. <laughs> nice
0: to be on the other side.
1: <laughs> so uh, the latest GDP figures uh, for the three months pre-Brexit came out last week. But Polly, you don't think that GDP figures, which are the measure of the total value of goods and services sold in a country, uh, you don't think that they tell the whole story about our economy. Why not? Well, probably for most
0: of your listeners, this isn't going to be news. We're used to thinking of trying to think about the economy in different ways. How can we measure what's really going on in society, like wellness indicators, health indicators, those kinds of things. But what I'm really interested in is unpaid work and specifically unpaid care work, which is productive. It is a service of some form. It's just not paid for. However, it's really vital and it's the backbone of our economy. And without it, I think it would all just crumble. So the fact that we don't count it on a regular basis is really quite outrageous.
1: So how do you even measure unpaid work? Right so
0: when we're talking about unpaid work we're thinking about transport whether that's driving people to places or um, you know driving to and from the shops. We're talking about cooking, domestic work, child and adult care, clothing, laundry and maintenance. So that's quite a lot of stuff. Oh, and don't forget voluntary work too. Now, the interesting thing, what well, I happen to think is very interesting, is about how you count this. And there's some real challenges around how you count unpaid work because we don't have official statistics about it. What we rely on is these things called time use surveys where we get people to fill in how many hours they've spent doing this. But of course, we know that surveys can be deeply inaccurate. They can be quite crude, unclear. And also, if you, it depends how you word the survey, depending on what people think that they've been up to also how do you count double counting say for example you went to the shops but you also dropped in at your mum's to take her some food too how much time has been spent doing what and how do you split it so actually it's it's quite a tricky thing to measure and I think when we then look at unpaid work statistics we can probably guarantee that actually there's a hell of a lot more unpaid work going on than what we get even from these very rough statistics
1: I actually consider myself an outsourced unit of my dad's life. <laughs> I was just calculating how much, he's, how much unpaid work he's done. In, um... well, well, it's a good question because
0: then it would be like, what is the cost of you, if you had to pay somebody else to do it, how much would that cost versus what is the opportunity cost of you not being at work? So how much would you get paid if you went to work instead of being with your dad? And those come up with two very, very different figures.
1: Mm. I was kind of thinking, well, he's kind of hoping I just find someone to marry, right? (laughs) And then they'll do the maintenance work. Um, So what do you think the GDP figures would have looked like uh, last week, for example, if the value of unpaid work had been included?
0: Well, the sad fact is, Kirsty, that we don't actually measure unpaid work enough in order for me to give you an accurate statistic. However, the data that we have is from 2014. And at that point unpaid work accounted for one trillion pounds, which at that point was 56.1 of national output. So if we counted it, we would see that GDP would increase massively.
1: Okay, so what types of unpaid care work make the biggest contribution uh, to the total of unpaid work in our economy? So in
0: 2014, when the ONS did this big measurement of unpaid work, what they found was that childcare accounted for the majority of unpaid work and then transport, and then maintenance, and then the rest was dedicated to domestic work, cooking. However, one of the things about childcare is that at that point, childcare had actually risen, the cost of paid childcare had risen dramatically. So if you use that as an indicator of what would happen if you paid somebody to do it, then of course, the higher you'd pay for that service, the more it would account for in terms of unpaid work. So it can be quite tricky. It's not to say actually that people spend most of their time doing childcare, it's just how much it would cost if you paid someone to do it instead.
1: Okay, so who does the most unpaid care work and who does the least?
0: Well, the Women's Budget Group obviously is concerned with what are the differences between men and women in the economy. And what we find is that women tend to do the majority of unpaid care work. However, This isn't always true if you look at the population through ages. So we find that there are men in their sort of late 60s who are often doing slightly more care work than women are at that point. But for the most part, we see that women are doing most of the child unpaid child care and most of the unpaid adult care as well.
1: Okay. and does that take them away from do they measure how much it takes them away from doing paid work?
0: yes they they, you can do that as well but the figure tends to be much smaller for some reason I'm not a statistician I don't know why Um, so But it does and it has all sorts of bigger impacts on the gender pay gap, for example, which is another forthcoming podcast that we're going to do all about geeking out about the gender pay gap. But otherwise, yeah, the fact that women are taken away from work and they also lose out in terms of job progression has a really
1: big impact then on what their potential wages are in the future. Love that. Look into the future, Polly. Very good. So why specifically do men in their 60s do most care work?
0: Well, we see that older people are much more likely to do care work. We've all heard about the sandwich generation of of people in their middle ages who are caring for kids still, but also then looking after their elderly parents. But So men can be looking after their ill partners or their parents too but then they die earlier than women so women have these these spouse-free years where they are not looking after their ill husband so that's why you see this peak for men in their late 60s
1: oh and then the women get to peak afterwards (laughs) without the old ball and chain um so you've kind of uh, focused more there on the difference between men and women is this a kind of class issue as well Absolutely.
0: And I mean, there's all sorts of intersectionality so that we know that ethnic minority women are more likely to care, to do more unpaid care hours than white women. We know that people with a disability are more likely to care themselves for people with disabilities. And we also see that, as I was saying, there's this age, this age change where young people are less likely to care. And then the older you get, the more likely you are. And then we have this big peak in the middle where the sandwich generation are caring for both their parents and their children
1: terrifying stuff so um do you think that we want to put a monetary value on the stuff that we're talking about here can we really put a monetary value on a parent looking after their child is my dad going to land me with a huge bill
0: <laughs> well it's a really good question and, and that's why this isn't that simple so if you paid somebody to Take chicken soup round to your dad for example if he was ill would that be the same service would that be as meaningful to him would it be as good for him as if you took it round and the truth is is that there's probably something that you can't really pay for which is love
1: (laughs) we've finally got to, to, to the bottom of it all you can't pay for love,
0: or at least it's really, or at least it's really difficult to value. So, uh, whilst it's interesting to count and it's useful sometimes to look at how much it would cost to pay other people to do it, particularly when we're talking about care work, there is something that is that is invaluable, and and that contribution to the economy means that I, it's not always going to be most helpful to think about care work in terms of statistics or costs.
1: Okay, so would you say that overall you want care work to be um, part of GDP or is it certain types of care work, um, some other kind of value put onto it so that it acknowledges the time and the effort that people are putting in outside of paid work? I think in an ideal world, what we'd have is every time the GDP figures came out, we'd
0: also have a second set of indicators, which were these satellite accounts looking at unpaid work. And that would allow us to see what's happening in terms of paid goods and services and unpaid goods and services. So I think it may you don't have to include it within GDP, but having continual comparisons over time is really useful.
1: So do you think that creating a new kind of measure for the global economy that takes into account all of this work will change the way that we measure things? Or do you think it'll just end up you know, uh, evaporating and pe- people will still focus purely on growth? I
0: th- I th- it's always gonna be a bit of a catch-22 when you start trying to put a, a monetary value on something that isn't paid for, like all of these challenges around you know, what is care and can you put a value on care? However, I think the people who really will benefit from it is carers themselves because by putting a monetary value on what you recognise is just what a huge job these people do and how vital it is. And if they all left their care jobs, their unpaid care jobs right now, our society would fundamentally collapse. It's such an important thing. And if this is one maybe slightly inadequate way of putting that point across, then I think it's still valuable.
1: Okay, and so governments obviously generally want GDP to rise with increased consumer spending, uh, business investment and, of course, exports. Um, If unpaid work was included in GDP, uh, would we want more unpaid work to be done? Well,
0: this is a really interesting question and, and not very straightforward. So, for example, during the recession, when we saw that growth was slowing unpaid work suddenly shot up because people were losing services that had been provided by local government, for example, so they were having to do them themselves. So it wasn't an indicator of a kind of happy, healthy society. It was actually an indicator of... of Things going wrong. Also, we know that the more care work you do, the more likely your health is to be poor, the more lower your earnings will be, the more likely you are to live in poverty. So, an increase in unpaid care work is not necessarily a good thing. But what is really useful is to see if the economy is growing, what impact does that have on how much care work people are doing or how much unpaid work they're doing in general? Because this is what we're looking for is a kind of broad understanding of what's happening in our society rather than just this one measure of like what did we produce and how much did it cost and that will really help us improve people's well-being and happiness in the future
1: ah well that has improved my happiness polly thank you very very much for um coming back to the podcast all the way from suffolk wherever that is say (laughs) hi to the old birds when you get back thank you thank you (laughs) We'll be back at the same time next week. Let us know what you want to hear and tweet us with questions or comments. You can find us on Twitter at Weekly EconPod. To get new episodes every Monday morning, you can subscribe for free on iTunes, follow us on SoundCloud, or you'll find us in the podcast app of your choice. And finally, thanks to everyone who's left a rating or review on iTunes. It really helps other people discover the show. The Weekly Economics Podcast is brought to you by the New Economics Foundation, an independent think tank and charity that campaigns for a fairer, sustainable economy. Find out more and get involved at neweconomics.org.